Hey everyone, it's another episode of Glitch Free Gaming. It's episode number 182. Hooray! Yay. Meow. Yes, meow. <laughs> <laughs> it was me, I was the cat in the background. Ah, you were the cat in the background, right. Yes, uh, it's a new thing that we're doing here in Glitch Free Gaming. We've uh, decided that you're uh, like the, the little um, hidden things that you need to find are the cat meows throughout the episodes. That's it. Yeah, uh, but uh, yes, and uh, also Paul's been turned into a cat. <laughs> that would have made more sense. <laughs> yeah, I just thought of that now. Maybe we we'll record the intro again, and we'll yeah, go over that. Yeah, no, we, we can do, <laughs> we'll do it live. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, we don't. Uh, Paul's not with us this week. Um, real life stuff taking a uh, president again, so that's fine. But uh, you're stuck with me and Kieran, and uh, we'll yeah, we've been away for two weeks. I think yeah, we missed two, two weeks. weeks. Yeah, since E3, Jesus, E3 two weeks. Yep. Oh man, crazy. Yes, in two <laughs> weeks. Yeah. So um, we've uh, we've got a couple of board games and uh, video games to talk about as well. So that'll be quite cool. Um, and uh, so let's just do what we always do and dive straight in. So Kieran, you have been playing uh, cheap games is the best way that I can describe Shanty Half Genie Hero. What? It was a budget game when it the Shanty games were budget games when they first came out, were they not? Uh, well, they were digital games but they've had quite a bit of popularity in my buying them last couple in particular oh. have been pretty big budget right. I mean, not like AAA but like four indie games they've been um, this one in particular Shanty Half Genie Hero is their first like they redid all the art because it's been like sprite based for the past few games and uh-huh. this one is now much kind of nicer cleaner kind of 2D vector art kind of look stuff that's really pretty it's actually really nicely animated as well it's got so many kind of highly detailed animations for everything like shanty's idol animation is she does just this weird dance where she's bouncing about and it's it's weird the amount of detail they put into the animations in this game but it's just a really cool 2d platformer um i'm actually not liking it quite as much as the last one which was pirate curse i think was the uh, last one Yes. Yeah, um, I, I think I had that on the 3DS. Yeah, it was on 3DS and the Wii U, because I got the Wii U version. Right. Um, But that one was more of a kind of Metroid-style, big open kind of area that you're exploring and uh, unlocking different areas to explore afterwards and collecting lots of stuff. This one's got some of that, but it's more level-based, and you... <coughs> go back to levels to collect items to unlock like the next level basically like the kind of progression of the game is like you'll go and do a 2d level you'll <coughs> come back to the main hub area and then someone will be like oh i really need you know five crocodile steaks you get crocodile steaks by going to the fountain area and shooting crocodiles with fireballs and it's like oh well you could have told me that bef- before I went to the fountain area and did it as one of the levels. <laughs> but now I need to go and redo that level so I can get crocodile steaks. I don't really want to. It's a bit grindy in that way. 
Um, right. There's thankfully not a massive amount of that stuff, but it's still a bit of a bummer. Uh, the main thing they've kind of added though that's like new gameplay wise is you get these dances that let you turn into different animals and each of them has like their own different ability so you can turn into a crab that lets you walk around in the bottom of the water or later on you get a mermaid that lets you swim around the water instead which is way more useful um, like a mouse that can fit into small spaces a monkey that can jump high Things like that. So there's like a bunch of different, like a ton of them that you get that you just turn into all these different things and kind of break the level to some degree. It's kind of their way of adding some of that Metroid stuff back in, where instead of getting power-ups, you're you're turning into a different animal entirely that can traverse in a different way and kind of just break the level slightly and go, well, I can go here now because I'm tiny, or I can go here now because I can fly. Right. Which, that stuff's pretty cool. I just wish there was a bit more of it and a bit less of, hey, go and find this item so that I can do a thing with it. Right, so there's a lot of fetch this to pr- proceed. And... Yeah, exactly. All right. Which is a bit of a bummer, but overall it's, it's pretty great. Right, and uh, pray tell, how much did you pay for this just because it was on the Switch? probably way more than it costs on other platforms because it was on the Switch. <laughs> uh, I don't know. That's a good question. That I don't know the answer to. I can look it up though. Let me check. It costs $15.99. And it's probably about oh. a tenner on other stuff. So yeah. That's, that's generally I, how those things go. Yeah. It's the only thing that I'm kind of... I, not pissed off but you know what i mean it's yeah with, with the switch it's like why do you need to do that yeah you know, it's, you... it's weird because like it always happens with new systems yeah but usually a new system is very rarely <clears throat> getting stuff that's out on other systems or if it is it's usually you know got more textures and more detail and stuff like that whereas this is a game that has been out on more powerful consoles for cheaper mm-hmm. Yeah. But, I don't know, that's weird. Yeah, it's, it, it is weird. It just feels like, you know, that the whole thing with the Switch is that um, if I buy a Switch, this is what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be buying games that maybe I wouldn't normally play and I'm going to be paying more than what I would for any, you know, buying them on any other system yeah. just be, so I can, I've got something to play on my new system. Yeah. See, I've found that I've been, just because I enjoy using it as a portable system, right. I've been waiting for games. Like, I was going to buy this game on PS4 and waited for it to come to Switch because they'd said it was going to come to Switch. And right. I wanted to be able to play it portably because I like playing 2D platformers portably. And that also came with the kind of knowledge that if I'm waiting to play it on the Switch, I'm also going to be waiting to pay more for it than on the other systems. Uh-huh. Which is a weird thing to have to take into consideration. Be like, well, do I want to buy this now or do I want to wait? And buy it for more money on a different platform but get to play it on the go and it's yeah 
That won't be a trade that everyone will be willing to make. No, no. It, yeah, it is rather strange. Yeah. I think it'll um, even out at some point because... It has the, to. Yeah, like one of the main things for it is just that the eShop up until last week hadn't had any sales on it. Right. Which is, you know, a kind of key thing for digital platforms. But Nintendo's been pretty good about sales on the Wii U and the 3DS. So, and it seems like they're starting to do that on the Switch now. So, uh, at the moment, Super Bomberman R is 40% off and snake pass is also 40 percent off so like they're they're starting to do that and i feel like right. shanty is one of those games that usually you would buy on sale for under a tenner that's right yeah and i think those will that that stuff will eventually come after the first few months when the the you know the catalog of games is a bit more fleshed out that they can go mm-hmm. okay well this handful of indie games is on sale now and i'll be like well i already bought them all because i bought them all when they came out because i'm crazy Yes. <laughs> I didn't buy Cave Story though, because Cave Story's fucking £35. Jesus! Cave Story, that... a free to play indie game. <laughs> like, that, that game literally came out on the, the PC for free. Yeah. And now they're like, oh, by the way, it's £35 if you want to play the Switch version. And it's like, no. Well, <laughs> well how much did, How much is the. Uh, the Street Fighter 2 is like 35 quid as well isn't uh, it that's a brand new game though like I don't think you can make that uh, that equivalency I mean it has two new fighters <laughs> yeah Evil Ryu was it Evil Ken Angry Slightly Miffed Ryu <laughs> something like that I don't know it's yeah it's stupid you can get a recolor of Ryu and Ken for thirty-five pounds. Enjoy. Yeah. Yeah, that one's a dumb. That's another one that I'll probably buy on sale though, for like under a tenner or something. Like buying yeah. a copy of Street Fighter Two with some. I mean, I don't really like those HD visuals, but the, you know, some extra modes and stuff like that is still a pretty neat idea. Yeah, but I mean, you could just wait until, you know, September and. Get the a new console, which we'll probably talk about in the news later on. Anyway. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. True. Cool. Yeah. Um. You've been playing some Wipeout Omega Collection. Have I, man? I. Yeah, oh, actually, I. I've got... been playing a lot of this as well. <laughs> <laughs> I. It got to the point where um, I've been. You know, sitting around, um, I wasn't feeling well over the weekend, so to you know, been to the doctors and you you lie there feeling sorry for yourself and stuff, and uh, I couldn't couldn't be bothered with anything, and I thought oh, I'll just put on the the PS4, and ended up sitting and playing hours and hours of Wipeout, um, and yeah, it's still good. I've been playing through. Um, more of uh, Wipeout uh, HD and Wipeout Fury. Yeah, those are the ones I've kind of mostly been playing through as well. Yeah, uh, a couple of reasons, probably the same as you. Uh, main reason being that those are the two games that I haven't played, you know, the longest. So yeah, I played yeah, them definitely. the furthest back. And the other reason is that because Wipeout 2040 is fucking difficult. <laughs> <laughs> it does have a weird... I wonder if it's 
like a mix of like the frame rate being doubled and so it be playing very differently than it did on the Vita or something like maybe it just wasn't balanced for this speed but yeah it feels like it has a much higher difficulty curve than yeah yeah um i am i'm still playing only on novice when i'm doing wipeout uh, hd and fury mm-hmm. so i don't know if you've noticed what difficulty level you're going on are you just going on the default one uh no i bumped up to i think intermediate the middle one. Uh, yes yes yeah, so I've yeah been, i've been doing that I oh didn't, really yeah except for on the first uh the first two races because i didn't notice that i was on it was a novice by default so like if you look through all of my you know it gives you that nice grid of all the the your results you've got for yes. each of the races and it's just like here's a nice grid and it's like all of these are gold with the little logo on them saying that you did it in Nova, uh, on intermediate and there's two that are just flat gold because they were novice and i didn't i didn't <laughs> notice uh yeah i'll need to go back and i'll need to go back and do them on yeah. the, the intermediate as well i think it's, uh, it's worth doing because it, it may be a bit harder to go back and do them although you know it's worthwhile but i think because i started doing the intermediate ones like right from the start the mm-hmm. difficulty curve for them just felt natural it just felt like okay well these are getting harder now but yeah this is kind of how they're meant to be yes yeah i think i think if i go back and you know start from the beginning i should be all right yeah, yeah probably you know to to try and start and say right i'm going to do intermediate from where i am you know so like the third or fourth i'm either on the third or the fourth uh tournament or not tournament but level type thing on mm. fury and i think i'm on the third one in wiper hd so to try and up the difficulty from then i think i just end up crying yeah that's fair i think i'm on yeah. the second in fury and then the fourth in hd all right maybe fifth i don't remember how that yeah. i think there is only six in hd isn't it uh yes i think so i think that's right uh, yeah i'm near i'm near the end of hd and i've got to the right. where it's really fucking hard so <laughs> yeah it's that uh is it sabucular climb uh, the one yeah. that something climb at is a horrible horrible track is that the one that has like the um the kind of twisty bit towards the end yeah. yes yeah uh, yeah that one's that one's fun I like that one. Yeah, but it is it's frustrating because it takes razor you know, razor sharp reflexes and your concentration, you have to be on that. <laughs> and it's yeah, I was trying to, to play it and I was lying down, I had one of the cats jump up on my chest and ah! it crashed into a wall, that was it. Um it is one of those where if you make the slightest mistake you can forget about it. Yeah. Definitely. Um it I find that some of the tracks that even trying to get third place is just a major challenge. Yeah, um, I found that with some of the time trials more than anything else. Like right. trying to hit a couple of time trials later on took me quite some time. Uh-huh. Um, oh god, I'm trying to remember the name of the the shopping mall one. Uh, I forget the name, but uh, yeah. Yeah, there's one of the later. It's the one gold or the one thing I've only got bronze on, in the last area that I just finished doing, is a time mm-hmm. trial on that. That's really fast and really difficult, and I keep missing it just by like two seconds, and that's enough to bump right. into bronze. Yeah. Um, 
It is still uh, an amazing game. Still having a lot of fun with it as well. Yeah, definitely. I I think it's awesome that Sony released this collection, but it also makes me sad because I'm still slightly worried that it means we're probably still not going to get another Wipeout at any point soon. No, no. Because, yeah. Yeah, it's still one of those things when you think about it, you go, bugger, you know, because they, they shut down Studio Liverpool. Yeah, and it's like, well, clearly that was a bad thing to do because I think, I'm pretty sure this collection is selling well. There's clearly yes. a market for Wipeout games. Yes. Yeah, because there's been a couple of people that have tried the, the kind of zero-G racing game, and I think the, the best one was the, uh, what was it called? Was it uh, Fast Neo? Yeah, Fast Racing Neo. Um, yeah. Or Fast RMX on the Switch. Yeah, th- that game's great. Although, I think playing Wipeout Mega Collection, again, has kind of made me realise that it's nowhere near as good as Wipeout is. <laughs> like, it's one of those things where when I'm playing Fast RMX, I'm like, oh, this game's really good. They really kind of capture the Wipeout feel and they do a good job of it. And I play Wipeout, I'm like, no, never mind, they don't. I'm... The game's good, but it's not this. Yeah. Which is a shame, because I would like to see more of those things. I... There's two others. Uh, one of them was made by, or is being made by... Uh, X uh, Liverpool did. Um, I think that was called Formula Fusion. Oh right, um, yeah. Which looks very much just like Wipeout. I think that's the one. That even had. I think they even have a. What's the name of the design group that do all the iconography and stuff like that for Wipeout? Um, I forget the name of them, but they they are working on it as well. So it just sure just looks like Wipeout. Uh, or Designers Republic, that's what I was thinking of. Ah, um, right. Yeah, like yeah. Designers Republic's doing stuff on, I believe, Formula Fusion. It might be Red Out. Because Formula Fusion and Red Out are the two coming up ones that look a lot like Wipeout. Right. Yeah. But yeah. Cool. It's, it's cool. Yes, so I, I will probably be playing a lot more Wipeout in the future as well. So. Yeah. Watch this space. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, you, Pete. Speaking of space, you have been exploring the wild frontiers again in um, Horizon. What? I said you have been exploring the wild frontiers in Horizon again. Have you not? No. No, not you. Somebody else been doing that. I haven't played any Horizon. None. None at all. I genuinely haven't. I've not touched that game in... Oh, God. I played a little bit of it, and then I stopped playing it. Horizon Zero Dawn has not struck a chord with me. Right. So you didn't try the Breath of the Wild DLC, then? I did. That's not for Horizon, though. (laughs) That's oh. uh, Zelda, Breath of the Wild. Oh, what am I, I see where of? this confusion has come from. I was yes. really confused what you are talking about there. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, yeah, uh, the first set of DLC just came out for uh, Zelda, Breath of the Wild. Yes, that's right. Which is... Um, I can understand, because uh, that, that Horizon DLC is called something crazy. Like, I don't know if that one's actually out yet, is it? I, I don't think so, actually. I don't know. I, but... I, yes, I... I 
my head has been porridge today. Uh, it was <laughs> it's uh, one of those days. I've been the same. Like I, I had one of those days where I was on autopilot pretty much all day, and then someone asked me a question that was like, "Oh, I remember this thing this morning." I was like, "What? No, <laughs> was I there?" They're like, "Yeah, you, you're half this conversation." I was like, "I, I just don't. That wasn't me." <laughs> talking about. Um, but yeah, so the first uh, when Breath of the Wild first came out, they like Nintendo were upfront about it, being like, "Hey, by the way, we've got season pass. We're going to do two sets of DLC for this game." And everyone's like, "That's weird because this is a Zelda game, and Nintendo doesn't really do much DLC in general, except for Smash Brothers, where they were like, "By the way, what if every character you liked was DLC?" And it's like, "Yeah, all right, I'll buy Bayonetta and then play it Smash Brothers once." Um, but this DLC for Breath of the Wild adds a weird mishmash of things like it doesn't feel like a cohesive kind of DLC pack it's not adding like a a story section or something like that uh, which the second part apparently is but this one adds just a handful of things so it adds a handful of costumes that you have to do little side missions in the world to find which are all just kind of nods to previous Zelda things. So the first one that I found was Bajora's Mask, and you can just wear Bajora's right. Mask and wander around. Um, there's one that lets you dress up as Tingle, the little dude that thinks he's a fairy and dresses up weird. Mm-hmm. So you can look like a creep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Tingle, Tingle is 100% a creep. The creepiest guy. Uh, and then there's some costumes from... Oh, a couple of Zelda games. There's a mask from Twilight Princess and uh, a suit of armor from one of the DS games. I forget which one because I didn't like either of those games. But uh, the one kind of downside about all this armor stuff is it, it looks really cool and it's nice cosmetically and stuff like that. Like I really enjoy wandering around wearing Majora's Mask because it's mm-hmm. nice to see you know, Majora's Mask rendered in HD with you know modern day graphics and textures and stuff like that but it has like really low stats which is you know a thing that was new to Breath of the Wild where you get a selection of different armor in this game which Zelda games usually have like three armors you have the base one the water one and the fire one but this has you know a big selection of them that all have different stats and abilities and while things like the Majora's Mask has the ability to make you bit more stealthy around certain enemy types it also has one uh defense like one armor point compared to like the hat that i'm wearing just now which has 20 armor points right and you can't upgrade the mask so wearing it is a purely cosmetic thing and for the most part running around the world it doesn't actually matter like having that having fully upgraded armor versus having cosmetic stuff doesn't really make a massive difference unless you're fighting harder enemies but it's still annoying to only be able to wear these things like cosmetically when not doing main things so that's a little bit of a bummer um the other thing the dlc adds is a thing called hero's path mode which more than anything else in DLC feels like something that should not be in DLC. It should have just been updated into the game. It's right. Kind of absurd that they're they're charging money for this. Which is here's path mode is a to fair is a really cool thing. It's you hit a button on the main map, 
and it places green lines all over the map following the route that you took throughout the game which is both really cool to look at just from a like interesting standpoint and you can like scrub through it and see like a little avatar version of yourself you know running around the world and you can even see like where you died and respawned and things like that which uh-huh. is cool but then the main use for it is Breath of the Wild has like one of the biggest most kind of expansive and one of the densest open worlds that I've ever played like in any game like there's just tons of stuff to find everywhere so it's really useful actually to be able to look at this map hit the button and have a big green line that shows everywhere you've been because more importantly it shows you everywhere you've not been because it's not covered in a green line so right. you can be like okay well I've right now I've found like I've done 94 of the shrines which I think there's like 120 or something like that so I'm getting to the point where there's not many parts of the map that I have not explored yet and I'm missing you know 20 or 30 different shrines so using that you know the hero's path stuff I can look and go well I've never there's a couple mountains there that I've just never climbed for some reason like I never bothered so those are probably where I need to go because there's probably a shrine or two up there and that's a really cool thing but also again it feels like something that should have just been in the game it feels like a weird thing to just to charge money for mm-hmm. but it feels like they needed to pad out this DLC a bit um, but then like the main part of the DLC is a thing called the, the Master Sword Trials which is um, a really cool thing actually it's like a series of rooms that are just challenge rooms but given how the majority of the game has kind of been shrines which are these kind of challenge rooms anyway uh-huh. uh, these are slightly more combat focused than most of those shrines but it's still these challenge rooms set up like a, a usually neat little kind of combat puzzle that you have to defeat and every I think it's like every 20 of them or so gives you an upgrade for the master sword so the master sword starts at uh, starts being able to do 30 damage of attack and every level of every 20 or so rooms of this that you beat you unlock an extra 10 attack to up to 60 I believe so it's really cool for that Um, and most of them have been really good so far like there's a handful that are just like oh here's an enemy fight it but then there's a few that are a bit more in depth than that so there's like one where uh, or a couple of rooms where there's this massive gust of air coming down from underneath at all times which means that you can use your paraglider and basically just fly everywhere and so you're kind of flying around shooting arrows down on everyone just raining destruction everywhere which is pretty awesome and just a fun thing to do but then uh, they have this other kind of cool thing with it where it's got some mild like almost kind of roguelike elements where if you go every time you go into this master trial you lose all of your armor lose all of your weapons lose all your gear basically and you start from nothing so the first room in each of these master trials is usually okay well I'm going to grab a stick and then I'm going to run over and hit that guy and take his sword and I'm going to work my way up from there and you're just kind of piece by piece kind of 
equipping armor, equipping weapons, or trying to think of smarter ways to get through fights than relying on weapons because you know there's some hard enemies in some of those later levels but you're starting with a stick and it's not going to be able it'll sm- you know the weapon degradation is a main part of this game so your stick will probably just get destroyed before you manage to kill that enemy and so it becomes a thing of well I've got all these other abilities I've got these like you know bombs and I've got uh, magnets and stuff like that. Is there anything that I can magnetize up and drop on someone and then steal the sword that way? Or, you know, is there something I can blow up? Can I lure them into an area filled with explosives and blow up, you know, to do way more damage and take all the stuff? So it's, it becomes a bit more thinky than just running around, mashing a button, hitting things, which I definitely appreciate because it's definitely the strongest parts of Breath of the Wild's combat anyway. Right. And these levels definitely feel like they were built around taking advantage of that, which is good. So that's definitely the strongest part of the DLC. It doesn't seem super long is maybe the one thing. Like, I'm on the... There's three sections of uh, levels, and I'm on the third one now, which I've only taken one attempt at, but it only took me two attempts to get through the other ones because they're not that difficult. Right. So... I'm interested in seeing if this third set is more difficult as it goes on. Like, the first time I died, it was because I was stupid and shot an arrow at something explosive that I was standing next to. <laughs> I was like, oh, well, that's that's this run over then, I guess. Yeah, that's that's not really going to help you. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So, is, have they got any plans at any point for um, some story DLC or... Yeah, so from what I understand, the second DLC pack, uh, they're, not, they're only doing two as far as I'm aware. Um, right. But the second DLC pack is going to be story-based. Right. So they've shown a trailer for that, but it doesn't actually tell you anything that's in it. But, um, it, yeah, it seems a, a pretty strange choice that they went for the you know the time trial stuff to be the first set of DLC. You'd think that you'd want to launch with your, your strongest DLC being the, the first one. Yeah, I wonder if it's just that this was the faster thing to do. Right, uh, possibly, yeah. They wanted to get something out the door. Uh, they're also releasing Amiibos at the same time as the second DLC pack, which is bizarre. Um, you can buy physical DLC to go along with your DLC, which is <laughs> great. Yeah. Um, but I'm looking forward to that second DLC pack because you know, more Breath of the Wild is good. I spent a bunch of time also grinding in Breath of the Wild because I got the Zelda Skyward Sword amiibo which one is apparently super rare because they, they oh. made like four of them um, right not quite actually that much that few, <laughs> but you know amiibos yes. in general have been stupidly low quantities because Nintendo being Nintendo yeah uh, I don't think they're low on components for that but I bought Skyward Sword Amiibo, which gives you a hat, a tunic, trousers, and a sword, all in the style of Link from Skyward Sword. Mm-hmm. Which to get like Link's traditional kind of green tunic that he wears in all of the games, because he doesn't have that in Breath of the Wild, they changed his design. To get that tunic, you have to either finish every single shrine in the game, which is really difficult, and I've not managed to do yet, mm-hmm. or buy an amiibo that gives you it all of which right. have been sold out for a long time so I managed to get a pre-order in for the Skyward Sword one 
And All right, okay. So I got the green tunic, got the green hat, got the you know the brown trousers, and so he looks like you know traditional old school Link. And then spent a bunch of time grinding to upgrade all of those bits of armor up so that they were actually useful. Right. Which that armor to upgrade requires star fragments, which are possibly the rarest resource in the whole game because it, collecting them is based entirely on luck. So you get them by following shooting stars that fall out of the sky, but they don't fall every single night. So I spent like a bunch of in-game time like lighting a fire on top of a mountain that gave me a view kind of over the whole map. Anytime a star shot down, teleporting over there, collecting that, then going back up to the top of my mountain and then sitting by my fire for <laughs> hours on end to collect enough star fragments to upgrade this armor all the way up. And that was definitely not worth the time, but <laughs> it, was, it was kind of just a weird little... It was kind of fun to do, despite being so grindy and silly. Um, it was... It was... Uh, I don't know. It was a weird thing. It's weird that they are like, oh, by the way, our amiibo costumes are going to require the rarest resource to upgrade. And it's like, that's a pain... That. Yeah, it seems a bit of a poor. Yeah, well, a poor choice might be the right way, the right <laughs> yeah. choice of words. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's all the breath of the wild, I guess. For for now, I'm sure Paul wants to talk about it when he gets back in. Yes. Because I know he's been playing a lot of that as well. Right. Did Did Paul get the DLC as well? I don't think he did, uh, but Paul's not finished the base game yet either. So ah right, yeah. So he'll still have plenty to talk about. Yeah, I don't know if he's. Bar- I don't think he's touched the main story that much actually. But Zelda is one of those games. Like it's, it has that kind of Skyrim thing where, you start going towards a main story thing, and then you're like, actually, there's like four things over here that I could just walk over to, and oh, there are many dungeons. Well, I guess I'll just do them now, and then you're like, oh no, it's midnight. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Yeah. On Saturday. I started this on Tuesday. Oh, no. <laughs> um, See, I kind of find that about Horizon. Yeah, I th- think I probably would too if I just sat and kind of got into it. But I've just not not been able to yet. Yeah. I think part of it because I've been playing so much Zelda. I think that's been eating up the time that would have went to Horizon. Yes, yeah. No, that's fair enough. Yeah. Um... You've been playing Micro Machines World Series. Yes. Tell me about so, how good that is. The beloved Micro Machines series is back. It is, yes. Uh, it's been a while. I don't yep. know if that's true. They've pro- they probably never stopped making Micro Machines games. No, um, they did stop making them. Oh, really? Um, yeah. So I've decided that I'm only going to say positive things about this game. <laughs> it's going to be short then. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. So they they stopped making them for a while, um, and so this is the first one in a while. There was a Micro Machines clone, and I think that Codemasters had brought out as well. If I'm pretty sure I'd read somewhere, and if I'd done oh. some proper research, I would have. Um, I, I remember that one. Checked it out uh, and. But anyway, they so this is the first one in a while, and it is it's built with multiplayer in you know as its 
raison d'etre that's what it's going to do and yeah it's not that great so the yeah you you turn it on and you get this the, the minute you try and get into the menus it wants to connect to the internet so that's fine should be, do that. yeah but it's your it's, it's kind of your first clue that right okay this is it's mainly a multiplayer game it's going to yeah. be for the internet um you have when you go into the play side you can pick a special event the special events that run every day um and currently as we're recording this the next special event is in four days so you can't do anything there there's you can then get into quick play ranked match and skirmish the ranked matches are locked until you hit level 10 so you you need to race a certain amount um quick play will allow you to do one of three things you can have a battle so there's a battle mode think of the mario kart where they did the balloon battle thing yeah except what you're doing here is you whatever car you pick has got special powers um if you pick the little police car for example its standard weapon is a shotgun um, and it shoots these little shotgun blasts. It has a, a APB, and it's basically it's a lock-on mechanism. Yeah. So, so you can lock on, and then there's a charged attack. And in the case of the police car, it's a helicopter that flies above you and does aerial attacks on anything that's in your area. Uh, and the rest of the cars have thematic weapons to go with them so there is a monster truck uh, there's an ambulance there's a, a fire engine and they will have you know attacks thematic well kind of thematic to go along with what type of vehicle it is uh, so fire engines don't thematically in real life have attacks that's nobody I guess they attack fire yeah they attack fire so <laughs> it's probably going to spray water um, I haven't done too much in the battles i've uh, the one that i've used is the the police car so i don't really know about the rest of them uh then you've got the race so uh you pick race it connects to the internet it finds a race for you and you can get pitted with up to i think 11 odd players though most of the races i've been in have been a mix between ai and a a human opponents mm. it doesn't wait for a full room it just looks and it goes right okay we've got three people that will do we send them off in a race it's a random track a three laps off you go okay uh the game itself uh, when it comes to the racing is you're racing and then you've got nerf nerf guns you can pick up little nerf gun pickups all right and there's ones it's like a, a hammer uh, and it pounds the, the car in front of you and you can die, your little car blows up and then you respawn on the track. You can get the Nerf guns uh, and it shoots little Nerf darts. A couple of, ner- couple of Nerf darts hit you or enough hit you and again you will blow up. Are they actually uh, like branded Nerf darts? Or is it... Yes. That's yes. pretty good. Yep. I like that. Um, Stupid but it's good. Yeah, but uh, the way the game looks, the game looks fantastic. You know, so you've got it's these so little nerf. 
Yeah, so you've got these little nav guns and they're on top of the cars and they've got little, uh, they're mounted, you know, like, uh, uh, what was the Django Unchained, the, the the tooth on top of the guy's wagon in Django? I don't know, and... I don't know why, like, Django Unchained is not the first thing I thought that you would be <laughs> comparing this Micro Machines game to. <laughs> Um, yeah, so the, the car, the guns are mounted on the cars, and they've got these little springs, mm-hmm. and they kind of wobble around when you go around corners and things like that. Oh, that's cool. Oh, um, yeah, so that that's all great, and the just the look of the game, the tracks, and everything. It reminds you of the first Micro Machines games. Uh, the Micro Machine Micro Machine games, easy for me to say, Micro Machine <laughs> games that came out on Michael PlayStation. Micro Sheen games, yes. Uh, the ones that came out on PlayStation, the first PlayStation, are the ones that I remember the most for. Yeah, me. those are the ones I remember the most for. Yeah. And the tracks here, they are designed to remind you of those, and, you know, there's certain things there, uh, sort of is callbacks. There, is there any using breakfast cereal to. Yes. Okay, I'm in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's one where you're driving uh, around a cooker and uh, a breakfast table and things and you're bashing into big baked beans and you're pushing the baked beans out of the way and then there's little Cheerios and, so it's incredibly uh, British is what you're saying um <laughs> yes <laughs> uh, there's uh, also bits where if you're driving through there's like honey spills and the honey will slow you down as you drive through it yeah that sounds about right yeah so, it's sounding yeah, good so great. far, Mike. Yeah. Where's the bet that it doesn't... Where's it fall apart? Two things. Uh, first thing is the handling. Uh, it it doesn't handle that well. It handles... Uh, I'm trying to think of the best way to, to give you an idea. Remember the, the MotorStorm game, the, the one that came out with the Vita? Yeah, MotorStorm RC. RC, yeah. That handled very well, yeah? Yeah, I really don't like This handles worse than that. Oh, that's a shame. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it feels very, very twitchy and very, very floaty. It's a hand- shame, especially given that Codemasters, like, those guys work for Codemasters now. Like, the Morestorm devs are yes. Codemasters guys. They can yeah. probably ask them for help and be like, remember that Morestorm RC thing you did? Well, we're kind of doing that, so... Yeah, I think possibly as well maybe the biggest thing is that in motorstorm you know all the tracks had barriers so you would just smash into the barrier then go yeah here you can fall off tables and you can drive off the track at certain points if you don't hit something Mm -hmm. so if you come around the corner and you know you can spin right off and, and fall off the edge of the table or uh you know not hit the skateboard ramp properly and go off yeah. the edge of the skateboard and die. That seems to be happening more often than not. So I thought, okay, fair enough. I've just put the game in. It's probably just me. I just need to get better. So I yeah, played a couple of yeah. So I played a couple of online games. Everyone else is the same. <laughs> it's you know you'd expect it to be one or two people that are very good at yeah. the game and yes there is there's one or two 
Maybe this is but like everyone... really good matchmaking. Maybe it's only putting you up against people the same skill level as you. <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> um, so, yeah, but it does feel a little bit unnecessarily floaty. I, I can understand, yeah, they want it to be like, you know, when you used to race the cars and play with the cars when you were a kid and scoot them across yeah. the table and they were uncontrollable and, you know, the, you had to be to do it... Uh, you know, if you were flicking the cars across, you had to be quite skillful. So maybe, yeah, I can understand why they make it quite challenging. Fair enough, but it just feels a little bit too much. But I'll reserve judgment on that. I'll keep playing it a little bit more and see. But the biggest thing is that there is no tournament mode. There's no tournaments. Okay. I either in single player or multiplayer. So what actually is so, there in the way of like single player content then? Like what is the main thing you're doing? You are single races. That's That's it. That's not There is no good. See if I want to I don't want to go online. Um and I just want to do the single single player skirmish mode and I don't want to play online, I want to do it offline. Yeah. If I go on there, I can do couch multiplayer so up to four players and we can race on the same track and have fun there if I want to do it solo I can race against three other AI opponents uh, I can pick the track or I can get it to do a random track uh, I then get to pick my car and we do a race uh, I can pick between three and five laps and we do the race and that's fine the race ends and I have the option do I want to quit back to the main menu or I, do I want to race the same tracks and the same cars again? That's yeah, that's not. Yeah, it's a shame. That's my choices. Given Codemasters, you know, Codemasters know how to make racing games. They've made a few good ones. I think that's yeah. That's not a controversial thing to say. No, definitely not. No. So this sounds like a bit of a bummer. Yeah. Maybe a bit so... of a cash in to be like, hey. We needed to fund Dart Four, so <laughs> we're releasing well, Dart Four. Dart Four came out like the same time as a bunch of other stuff. It's the only reason I've not bought it yet. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, I don't know. the The other thing is when you do an online match. So, like I said, you go right. I want to do an online race. It finds you a room, puts you in the room. You go and you do the race. And then you have to come back to the main menu again. So you can't do, you can't say, right, well, I want to race in, you know, find a lobby and do a race with all these people and somebody will be in charge of picking the map. No, yeah, it, doesn't ha- it, it doesn't happen. I think that's, it's one of those things where when Nintendo is doing online stuff better than you, you've probably fucked up a bit. Yeah. Because Mario Kart Online is... Like it, the one issue I have with that is that it's really hard to take you know one or two friends and then fill out the rest of the room with random people online. But uh-huh. if you want to play online, just go hey, find me a ma- find me a race. That game Mario Kart brings up, it puts you in a lobby with a bunch of other people. It brings up a selection of I think it's six courses that you get to select one of, and everyone picks one. And then it does yes. a random thing to let you yep. to pick one of those, and then it just does that over and over, and it plays through a tournament of stuff that way, 
until and goes, okay, this person won, you know, this out of the last four, so he's the overall winner, and then it just starts again, and it just yes. keeps going. But you like, can stay, you can stay in that lobby with yeah, exactly. those people. Yeah, yeah, people will drop in and out, and it just is yeah. seamless and works great. And yeah, this yeah, it's like it's uh, not a pain. yeah, it it's not fucking rocket science. Yeah, exactly. Like games have done it before, and again, Nintendo are not known for doing online well. So mm-hmm. if they're doing it better than you, you should rethink your game. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's it's disappointing because it is lacking things um yeah there's oh the other thing is uh it's quite cool it's a mode called elimination um wait hold on let me get let me try guess either at the end of a lap the person in last place gets destroyed no try again um there's a bunch of weapons and you get points based on how many kills you get. No. Oh, okay. Well, I'm out of ideas. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, elimination, the way that it works is it picks a track at random and then it puts you on it. And uh, you, you know, three, two, one, go, and you all race. You get eliminated if you fall off the track, which oh. happens. You get eliminated if somebody shoots a weapon at you and you blow up or you can get eliminated if you fall out of the racing frame because the frame follows the leaders and yeah. if you fall yeah so it's like um so, what was that runner game that we played at EGX uh, uh, was it speedrunners no yeah it was speedrunners uh, yeah like that that's kind of, that's a cool idea I like that although the yeah. bit where you get eliminated if you drive off the track kind of seems like just a mittens of by the way we made our tracks really easy to fall off of Yes, yeah. Um, so what happens is it's whoever lasts the longest. And um, what they have is this little leaderboard up at the top. It's like an imagine, uh, you know, like a, a miniature track. And everyone starts on the same level pegging. Yeah. And then you move up. If you are the last one standing, you move two pegs forward. There, if you come second and third, you move one peg forward. If you come in the in the you know the the last three then you move back the way mm-hmm. um and if you come sort of in the middle then your peg doesn't move and the object is to be the first one to get your peg past the finish line okay. that's quite good but you're going back to the first issue that i had with the the handling not being that great yeah and yeah so it's i think to do very well you're going to have to be you're going to have to play this game over and over and know these tracks um very well yeah there's no, there's no i don't think the original micro machines games had it but there's no map on the games either so it's just kind of memorization yes yeah um and you know when you first put in the game and you you're taken straight into a, a multiplayer match it's like well, you could have helped us a little bit. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I picked it, I picked the game up for £20. I'd probably say that's still a little bit too expensive for it. It sounds it. Yeah. Um, £15. £15. Pound. Okay. 15, 15, yeah. I know it's only a five or difference, but 15 seems a little bit more yes. forceful to me than 20 but, Yeah. yeah. 
Um, but it was a, I was, I've been toying with the idea of picking up the game for a while and I read a couple of reviews, so I knew what I was getting into. Yeah. Um, so it was a case of I'll pick up the game. I want to see what it's like. And either way, it gives me something to talk about in the podcast. But okay. if you are looking for something to play and you're looking at spending that amount of money, maybe try look at, and you're looking for something online, maybe try Dead by Daylight. You know, you can pick that up for the same price. Yeah. I, I haven't played that yet. That's another game I want to try. But yeah, try basically what I'm saying is try something <laughs> don't, else. Don't, don't try this one. Yeah. Maybe, um, maybe even try their last their last one because uh, that one you were mentioning before that they did a micro machine style game before it was called toy box turbos that's the one uh, although it seems like that was last generation that wasn't on ps4 yes yeah um, but that one has slightly better reviews <laughs> yes yeah this i think see if they even had some sort of single player mode in here yeah but it it doesn't it's it's couch multiplayer, or, or it's mu- multiplayer, online yeah. and couch. That is it, and you can race against bots. Oh, I'm looking at the Steam reviews for it just now, and they are all, they're all just saying the exact same things you're saying. They're all just complaining, <laughs> like no single player, only twelve cars. All the cars go the same speed. Yes. There's no hop, so no hop for drifting and stuff. No. Uh, no playlist queue for online multiplayer. Yeah. Were you just reading a Steam review, Mike? Is this, is this your Steam review? <laughs> it Mul- could have been. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's a shame. Hopefully maybe they'll update it over time. Although I just saw there's a Hungry Hippos style course that looks really good. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a shame. Like, yeah, there, so there is some... Yeah, there's some really neat touches where you drive into a toaster and then the toaster pops you up. Um, cool. Yeah, there's uh, one of the levels where you drive into uh, the pocket on a pool table and then you, you pop out another side of the yeah. table. I feel like there's so, space it, in the world for a modern you know, micro-machines game. And this, yeah. and this doesn't seem to be it. Yeah, uh... And the thing is that if they don't patch this and they, if they don't do anything to this, and they work on another game, it's not gonna, it's not gonna sell because they have destroyed any goodwill. Yeah, yeah. I feel like oh. Microsoft was maybe a bit of a gamble to bring back in the first place, and it's probably not paid off. Yeah. So, yeah. That, so that's Micro Machines and uh, hopefully I will be able to tell you at one point that they've uh, fixed it or they've added a couple of things but uh, I wouldn't hold your breath yeah yeah but uh, Kim why don't you try and cheer us up and tell us about some Endless Space 2 oh well it's just terrible it's, it's... <laughs> <laughs> no Endless Space is really good um, I wasn't a big fan of the first Endless Space I thought it was kind of an okay 4x kind of civilization in space kind of game but i didn't think it was anything special and i thought it was a bit sterile and the world wasn't super interesting and it just felt like generic space civ and then the same guys went and made endless legend which was kind of like a fantasy civilization but then super different and had tons of charm and character and 
felt very different as a result and it seems like they've learnt from that and Endless Space 2 which I've only played uh, I've been playing for a, a week or so now trying to mm-hmm. get a review done but it's a massive 4X game so I'm nowhere near <laughs> even close but um, like it, it, it has learnt a lot from what they did with Endless Legend it's got way more charm, way more character the UI is quite simply the nicest UI I've seen in a strategy game or maybe even just a game like it is beautiful and fluid and nice and it's it feels like it was made to take this super complicated game because it is a big complicated you know civilization style 4x game and make it digestible like it is constantly kind of pointing you towards the right stuff and splitting things into really natural feeling screens and tabs and they're all brightly colored and there's there's like really nice graphs in it which is a fucking weird thing like there's a whole so like for people who have not played Civilization like my comments on this are not going to be super (laughs) understandable because (laughs) it's hard to explain the entire 4x genre at this point but you're basically you start with a colonized planet in space and you're building that up and colonizing other planets and then trying to build a big empire and basically be the best space empire which is cool and it might remind people of a game that was my personal game of the year last year Stellaris yes which it does have some stuff in similar uh, in common with it but it's just this is way more like civilization and that stand so there's a lot more uh well for starters it's turn based um and there's a lot more of uh, like the the way the tech trees handled and stuff like that is a lot more based on that kind of stuff, and it's a lot more empire based rather than somewhat character civilization based, um, like a Solaris. So the main kind of gist of it is that you're trying to build up this empire, and there's a lot of different ways you can do it. And a lot of them are analogs for things in civilization. So you have your your culture, uh, but how culture works is different in this from those games. It's similar to the previous endless games. So culture gives you it's called like leaders' willpower or something like that. I forget what it's called. It's something like that. Um, but it's basically points that you can spend on diplomacy. So when you open up a a diplomacy kind of thing with uh, you know another empire. Mm-hmm. you'll have a selection of things that you can do you can be like oh I want to trade maps with you so I can see the rest of the galaxy or I want to you know I want you to give me these resources or I want to give you these resources or we should uh, you st- they do this interesting thing that they've done in all of these games in the past uh, by really like which is you don't start at peace with other civilizations other empires you oh start, okay you start in a state of cold war which means you can each move ships into each other's borders but the other person will not be happy that you have moved your ships into their borders without asking permission but also you can destroy each other's ships outside of territory owned by either one of you so you can have like proxy wars without actually going to war which is such a cool concept it doesn't really amount to much for the most part really what it happens is well I'm going to blow up your ship that's not in your territory because it was in my way and now we're probably going to go to war because I blew up one of your ships so you're not so happy with me but it's a cool concept at least 
Yeah. Um, but all of these things that you're doing diplomatically cost points that are coming from your leader's willpower. So you want to make a peace treaty, it'll cost 200 points to offer it. They can still reject it, but you, you can offer it for 200 points. Um, which is kind of a cool thing. Uh, there's a whole politics stuff that's kind of in there where you've got uh, elections that happen uh, depending on the type of uh, empire you're running. They're, they'll happen relatively frequently or not at all if you're running a dictatorship. Um, but then there's good sides and downsides for each of those things. So like a dictatorship is good because you don't have elections so no one is going to come in and go by the way we're all pacifists now which can happen in which case you know you get penalties for anything you do that involves things like you know building ships and invading uh-huh. people and all the things that you probably want to do uh, but if you're in a dictatorship also rebellions will pop up across your empire if you aren't keeping them happy so if there's any discontent in your dictatorship then people are going to be not so happy about not having a say in things which is uh-huh. you know pretty accurate i'd say uh but it's it's just this kind of this policy system's really cool so it's got there's a bunch of different factions in your empire there's pacifists industrialists religious people um militarists uh scientists I think there's a couple others, but basically all these different political parties that are kind of vying for control of you know, your empire. And whoever has the majority, and you can have like ties and you end up with these kind of little coalition governments, uh, you can pass laws based on what the, their kind of stances are. So basically from their manifestos. So if an industrialist is in charge you'll get the ability to pass laws that are things like uh every planet um builds things faster if we're doing this thing you know like if we have this kind of resource and you can pass that law and then that just means that happens until that government gets replaced just anywhere that has that thing gets built faster or um i had a militarist government for a large part but mainly because i was falling behind and so i was like okay i'll build a big empire a big army that's the easiest way to come back in these kind of (laughs) games other people are doing better than me so i'll just take their stuff and then i'll be better again um and the militarist things are things like every time you invade a planet uh all of your other systems get a happiness boost like basically you declare a law that says we'll have celebrations across the whole empire every time we add a system to the empire. So every time you invade somewhere and you're murdering people and massacring them and taking their possessions, everywhere else in your empire is like, yay, we've got a new planet, it's ours. Let's <laughs> celebrate the glorious dictator. And it's like, oh yeah, that's great. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's a really cool system. I really like it. And you can interfere with the elections in interesting ways that because it's not just one or two things running against each other, which is what Stellaris had. Stellaris had, uh, you'd have it most like three people running against each other for your, uh, for, you know, trying to run your empire. And it never right. really, it didn't have a proper voting system. It was just kind of this person won or this person won. Um, because there's so many different political parties trying to get control, you can do interesting things like uh, say you're, you 
had a militarist government and you wanted to switch to pacifism because the laws in pacifism let you do the things you want to do a bit better because you know your wars are over and you want to tone it down a bit and kind of fix things you when the election comes up you might go okay well i'm going to back the pacifist party and i'm going to rig the vote which costs some of those same points you would use for other political stuff but just because you you, you can't just give more votes to the pacifist party those votes have to come from somewhere and they're not necessarily right, okay. going to come from the militarists so you might have a militarist government that just got more powerful because you just split the vote between everyone that was against the militarists now trying like there's more pacifists now because less people voted for the industrialists and voted for the pacifists but the militarists are still bigger so it's interesting. Things like that can kind of backfire in a really fun way that I wasn't really expecting. Uh, so I spent a bunch of time like just messing about those political uh, those political systems, which are quite fun. Yeah. Um, and then doing the kind of usual four X thing, where you're building up an empire, you're sending out settlers to colonize systems, you're uh, building ships and fighting wars and things like that, and it's all very familiar feeling. More so than uh-huh. this legend, which is a little bit disappointing, because even though it's got all this cool political stuff, like the core game is still, you know, one of these games. It's a really good one of these games, right? But it's you know, it's not the most original thing in the world, which is one of the things I really liked about this legend was it was still like a four X civilization style game, but it had it kind of felt like it wasn't like the way it handled territory control and things like that was very different from Civilization games mm-hmm. uh, until Civilization 6 stole most of its ideas from Mental Science <laughs> but that's neither here nor there um, it also has like a hero system that seems somewhat unnecessary but is there um, I presume because it was in Endless Legend there's a weird battle system where when your fleet of ships matches up against another fleet of ships it takes you into battle mode which in the first game was a weird mode where you could play tactic cards and it became this little kind of card battler thing which was really weird and out of place and not very fun uh, Endless Legend it turned into this kind of cool uh, like strategy RPG style like Final Fantasy Tactics style battle which right. was a pretty neat way of handling that stuff rather than the usual kind of civ way of you know these two armies hit against each other and stats and roll dice rolls said that this person won. Uh, this is much more like that, where stats and dice rolls tell which side won. Uh, you can give some really basic tactical instructions before they go into a fight, but it's really just I don't know. I, you bash against each other and someone wins. But then they have this like really in depth battle camera thing, so you can sit and watch the AI fight each other, which is weird and unnecessary and for a game that like it feels like they probably spent a lot of time and effort on it because it's got a lot of really nice automatic kind of cinematic camera angles and it's like that seems like that would probably uh cost you a lot to make and (laughs) people are not gonna i can't imagine people like go going in and watching these fights every single time or right. more than once or twice. Like I've only done that a couple of times. So I'm like, I don't need to watch the AI fight each other, and there's no interaction. It's just watching them fight each other. It's... Yeah, you could be doing other things like building up your 
economy or something. Yeah, exactly, because it has that civilization feel of just one more turn. And right. when I want to do just one more turn, I don't want to sit and watch a bunch of ships fight each other for five minutes and then take that turn. I want to take that turn. Yes. And that's it's weird. It's not a bad thing. It's nice that it's there, I guess, but it's just a weird thing to be in there. Um, but yeah, I'm really enjoying it so far. Uh, a lot more than I expected to, because again, I was not a big fan of the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, I did like Endless Legend quite a lot, but this, you know, I'm slightly worried because it's space and not Endless Legend. Um, but yeah, it seems like a, a really great 4X game. I definitely recommend it to people. Uh, somewhat at least, I'm still, I still need to play a lot more of it. It's one of those things maybe you know, I've not reached the end game of any of these yet, which is sometimes one of the weaker parts, you know, like in Endless Legend handled this end game pretty well because it had like this whole story chain of quests, which Endless Space 2 seems to have some of, but I've not really delved into too much. Um, where instead of just doing the usual I'm invading all of the other empires, you could go and complete a story and that would also win you the game, or at least put you in the position to win the game. All which right. is a really smart addition to the genre as a whole I think um, but I don't know if Endless Space is like that or not or if it's just by the way it's civilization style where you've become a massive death ball and you have to spend the next 30 turns invading everyone very slowly <laughs> they can't fight back because you're too overpowered now because that's how it goes um, at least that's how I've found almost every game of Civilization to end Unless I've like got a culture victory or something. Yes. It's yeah, been like, yeah. oh, by the way, I've made a death ball and I've won. <laughs> um, I've built nuclear-equipped tanks and no one else has any yet, so I win. Or I have, like, 50,000 tanks and everyone else just has one. Yeah, exactly. Especially in, like, Civ 4, where you like, have 50,000 tanks and they're on this one space. Yeah. <laughs> they're in this literal stack of tanks. Didn't work in Civ 3? Is it Civ 2 or Civ 3 where if the top unit of your stack died, all of them died? Uh, two. Which was the most brutal, stupid yes. thing. It was terrible. But I don't like the unit stacks in general. Um, it makes a bit more sense in this because this is you know space, so you've got a fleet of things. Mm-hmm. And they limit how many things you can put in a stack. So you're not just doing, hey, here's you know 50 dudes. It's, you can have five ships. And one of them's probably going to be your hero unit because he's strong. Yeah. But, yeah. I, I'm enjoying it. I'm going to play a lot more of it. I'll probably be talking about it on the podcast for an hour, week or two, but I thought I'd go a bit more in detail to start with to be like, hey, by the way, this game's pretty interesting. Cool. It's, it's been out for a couple of weeks now as well. Like, I'm, I'm pretty late with this review already. But, you know, we'll get out of there. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, well, you've been playing a couple of other things as well. Um, you have been playing Housemark's latest shooter as well. Yes, uh, Next Machina, which is the game they made alongside uh, Eugene Jarvis, the creator of arcade hits such as Robotron and Smash TV. Yes. And this feels like, as Resogun was to Defender, this feels like it is to those games. It's a top-down joystick shooter uh, where you play a little robot dude who drives up, or maybe it didn't suit, I don't know. Um, I assume you're a robot. It's called Next Machina. Um, 
Well, yeah, you would assume so. Yeah, right? Uh, you drive up on a motorbike and you flip off the motorbike and then start gunning down robots and it's like, alright, yeah, great, I'm in. And it's got the kind of voxel look of Resogun, so everything's just exploding into giant cubes everywhere and it's super fast-paced and everything's exploding, the music's really good. Uh, it's really simple, it's just, you know, one analytic moves, one analytic shoots. L2 gives you a dash kind of similar to Resogun. Mm-hmm. And like Resogun, you have to collect humans and protect them from being captured. Uh, but everything's split up into these little kind of rooms, basically. I guess kind of like Robotron or something like that. You're in this kind of room, and then you kill all the enemies in it, and there's a little countdown that happens, and you get extra points if you boost just as the countdown ends, which is bizarre. It's like one of those things that feels like, oh, we knew people would try and do this, so we gave you extra points if you did it. So that's neat. Um, and you get through all these levels and murder lots of dudes. It's like kind of that simple. It difficulty ramps up as it goes. And I'm really loving it so far. Like it is super simple, super arcadey, but it is exactly what Housemark is good at doing. Yeah. It's definitely scratching that Resogun itch, mm-hmm. which, you know, I'm always happy to play more arcadey shooters that are really well done. Because I think we went through a period of time where. Geometry Wars was really popular and really good and nothing else was really, like lots of people tried to do Geometry Wars and yep. kind of failed and I feel like Resogun was the first time in a long time that I've enjoyed an arcade shooter and thought it was you know super great Yeah. and then this is definitely kind of on that same tier to me, like I think it's, this is I ain't played by more of it still but it definitely seems like it's going to be as good as Resogun by the time I've done that. Right, so how would it compare to things like Alienation and uh, what was the the zombie one uh, that they Dead did Nation. as well? So Dead it's Nation. way faster, um, way more arcadey than those. Um, it is, it's weird, because like, I know because it's a joystick shooter, it seems like those should be the games to compare it to, but it definitely just feels more like Resogun. It feels right. Like, it feels like if you took Resogun and made it top-down. Like that's that's what this game feels like, and yeah, so it's a lot faster than Alienation, Dead Nation. It's a lot less, um, you know, tactically dealing with swarms of enemies. It's just kind of run and gun, be incredibly fast and reactionary. Uh, there's a lot of secrets hidden in all the levels and things like that. Mm-hmm. So there's secret humans you can find that'll give you extra points, and it's just it's just really cool. I definitely recommend that one. You in particular, I think, will really like that one. Yes, yeah. I I did look at it when it first came out, and I thought I need to pick that up. And then in my um my wizened state, I decided to buy the Micro Machines game. <laughs> yeah, you might not have made the best choice there. Yeah, um, it's also not even like the only Housemark game we're getting. Like their other new one comes out in a month or two. Um, because they're also making. Matterfall, which I don't know if there's uh, any gameplay of, but that's supposed to be coming out relatively soon. Um, but yeah, Housemark are just cranking out games. Yes, and they seem to be good not... quality as well. Exactly, yeah. they're not they're not lowering quality anywhere. Like I really like the Alienation. Uh, Next Machina is as good as Resogun. Uh, Resogun itself, obviously great. So yeah, yeah. Like I, if they can keep this quality up, then I. Happy for them to keep chucking out games constantly. Mm. 
yeah. Yep. Cool. Excellent. And uh, you played the last game that you played, or the last one you've got in your list anyway, <laughs> was uh, Gonna. Yes. So, um, Gonna will be relatively brief. So, it's Gonna's uh, new game came out on Switch. I think it's been on PC for a little while. I don't think it's out on FNL, so I think it's just Switch and PC at the moment. Right. Um, yeah, because it was one I've not really heard of. Yeah, it's I hadn't heard of it either, except um, when Nintendo did their Switch Direct and they showed all the indie games off. This right. was in that list and that kind of sizzle reel and looked really weird and different from everything else and I was like, okay, I need to see what that is and see if it's good. So it's a, a 2D platformer roguelike where you're jumping about, shooting enemies, getting through platforming through all these levels, collecting upgrades and weapons and things like that. And you play as this little blob of goo who there's like a weird almost kind of slight like uh, like Day of the Dead style to it. Not quite, but kind of style, Day of the Dead style. Like look to all of the artwork in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you start in the afterlife and you choose a skull and the skull gets added to your blob and then your blob is suddenly a little dude with a skull. And you wander around with the skull and you pick up a gun, you pick up a special weapon. Usually it's, to start with it's a thing that lets you reload your gun because ammo conservation is kind of a really important part of it. Um that your gun only has a certain number of bullets and then when you run out you need to either jump on enemies to kill them to get more bullets or reload it using this thing and then it's just this really cool, really pretty 2D platformer roguelike that's got a really brilliant art style, like really unique art style that I can't think of anything else that looks remotely similar to it um, and you're unlocking things like more skulls that all give you different things. Like the two you start with, you have a skull that gives you six health to start with. But every time you get hit, uh, you lose your skull. Right. Not permanently, but it like rolls off your head, and you have to go and collect <laughs> it again. And if you get hit again, if you get hit when you don't have a skull, then you die instantly. So you have six hearts, so you're more likely to survive. But if you get hit and don't get it back in time then you're you're dead so you may as well have right uh the other one you start with is like a bigger skull that gives you three hearts but doesn't do the drop off thing so when you get hit then you just take that hit and that's it and then you can keep shooting dudes which is cool um and there's like a bunch of different weapons you can collect a bunch of different power-ups you can collect uh the most recent one i collected was a power-up that lets you stop time which is pretty cool so when a bunch of enemies are about to gang up on you, you can just stop time for a couple of seconds and move out of the way, or shoot them all. Right. And it's it's really awesome. I'm really enjoying it so far. Um, I was really hoping for a, a good roguelike on the the Switch. Like I picked up Tumble Seed a while ago and didn't really click with me. Uh, I've had Binding of Isaac since it came out, but that one's like I like Binding of Isaac, but it's never been, you know, like one of my favorites. Yeah. Uh, so far. Goner is one of my favourite of these kind of roguelike games that I've played. So I'm really digging it. Cool. Worth to check out. If nothing else, it's worth looking just for the the graphics and the music because it's <laughs> it's weird and unique in a way that I've not seen any other games like it. Yeah. Goner. Worth a look. Cool. Excellent. Oh, well, uh, 
search the the internets for some footage of that. Yes, definitely. Cool. Excellent. That is as for video games, I think. Yeah, it is. But yes. <laughs> lots um, of video game news. Yes, yeah, we've yeah we've got some video game news. Uh, but uh, I played some board games. What um, did you play, mate? I played. Uh, so I we had a game day on at the weekend, and I took. I decided I was going to take games rather than you know the new hotness or play something, learn something and play. I'd rather play some of our favourites and you know mm-hmm. some of my favourites so uh, we ended up playing some Nitwit which you've spoken about before yeah I think so, we've um, talked at length about Nitwit yes yeah um, so we played it and this was the first time I've ever seen the game taken so seriously <laughs> <laughs> you know they were playing and it just just depends on who you're playing with sometimes you will end up and everyone's just being completely silly and off the wall and no the people we're playing with nope it had to you had to nail every single descriptive character category <laughs> um they wanted something gray and hollow and i said a decayed tree stump and they argued with me because it was more white than gray so i couldn't get my points and i thought right okay fair enough um <laughs> and yeah but it's still it's still fun yeah but it again it was also it was the first time i've seen people play to win so yeah, that the I've point never, i've never seen people play network competitively yeah you know so the points were that it was important to them it was right what how many points for that word right okay number six was worth four points yeah okay that's fine and it was it was a little bit bizarre, um, but it was still good, and everyone still had fun and enjoyed the game, which is the most important thing. Yeah. Um, and uh, oh, the challenging—they took that. That was, you know, just the challenging was. I've never seen it used as much as that either. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, it was good fun. Uh, we also played another one we spoke at length about as well, which is Insider. Yes. Yep, Insider was uh, again went down really well. Uh, people really liked it. As it should. Yes, um, and it was one of the. It was the first time I'd experienced this as well, where some people just they took a gamble as the Insider and just sat there and did nothing, which was if you're going to be the insider I suppose that's the the way to do it but yeah. it kind of you know if it was me I I, I think I'd I'd be, I'd be trying to get everyone to the end goal rather than just sitting back and going yeah they've got this it's okay yeah definitely because if they don't <laughs> get it then you still will lose I guess it, yes yeah that's kind of um, the point of the game yeah but we were playing with eight people mm-hmm so you know full complement and it's quite easy for you know I don't think there was once where we never got the word Okay. oh oh, I tell a lie we got there was once where we didn't get the word and that was because that was a translation thing Uh, because the the category uh, you know the cards have categories and the category was like um, vehicles and the 
so the word that we had to try and get was crane truck mm -hmm. and and the person being the master took that to be you know literal he didn't say right okay i'll just make it crane mm -hmm. um he wanted us to say crane truck uh, and that's not that's not, that's really not something you say ever yeah exactly yeah so that was the only time uh but every other time playing with the you know the full complement of eight you would tend to get the word no problems because you've yeah. got you know all those different kind of brains you've got seven different brains working uh but yeah still good lots of fun and then we also played some libertalia I like so yeah libertalia is awesome we haven't spoken about libertalia in a long time libertalia is the pirate themed card game where it's a card drafting game but the game starts out with everyone has the the same hand of nine cards and you play them one card at a time and the the card has a number and it also has certain powers and the powers and numbers activate at uh, very specific times and essentially it's uh, who at the end whoever's left standing gets share of a treasure and treasure's worth points you're playing for points at the end of the game and it's played over three rounds everybody loved the game fantastic uh, one of our favorites we've spoken about it quite a bit mm -hmm. and the cool thing was was we did the three rounds and i started packing up and they're like what are you doing <laughs> <laughs> they were genuinely not annoyed but upset and disappointed that that was it it was finished they wanted to do another couple of rounds oh it's great yeah and it is it's really good when a game does that um yeah i kind of felt same with liberty as well i was like i just i could just send play us like all evening it's... yes yeah so i really do like that game and I'm, I'm glad i brought it out and played it again as well so uh we also played uh some another one of my favorites was uh, letters from whitechapel but we we've never talked yeah. about that one here so that makes sense to let's go into that one at length <laughs> how do you play a from Whitechapel <laughs> so I we ended up uh, playing with somebody who it was a, a friend of a friend that brought someone along and they were a bit of a disruptive influence and I didn't enjoy the game so I didn't play it my best um, that's him yeah so it I didn't enjoy it as much. Um, it's still one of my favourite games. It was just one of those things. Yeah, it you happens. Know. Yeah, it happens. So that was that was fine. Um, but I did play a new game as well. Uh, Stuart, a friend of the show and um, host of Gaming Eagles, mm -hmm. a gaming podcast, uh, he went to UK Games Expo a couple of weeks ago and he ended up demoing for a games company called Devere and he had a couple of games and he showed us one of the games that he demoed when he was down there and it's called dragons and chickens and it's a card game and the idea is that you are adventurers in a dungeon and there are dragons as they were but they are also very brave chickens so the idea is that it's uh, it can be played with i think it goes up to six six players or so but um there is a deck of a hundred odd cards and you split them evenly between how many number of players you're playing and what you do is 
on account of three, you all reveal the top card of your deck on the table at the same time. And all of the cards have got two treasures on them. Now, there may be a diamond and a pearl, or there may be a gold bar and a crown, or there may be a goblet and something else. But there will always be two treasures. And what what you have to do is, when everyone puts their card face down on the table, you have to be the first to say what uh, whatever is the most of. So let's say there's four crowns, then you say crowns. And if you're right, then you get all the cards. Those All that treasure becomes yours, and it goes into a pile at, the, at your side. Mm-hmm. Um, because at the end of the game, the person with the most cards wins. Yeah. Um, so that's fine. You know, you announce you, uh, whatever you see the most of. And if you're right, you get it. But there may come a time where you see three goblets and also three diamonds in that case the game also comes with two wooden pieces uh, one of them is a little wooden token and it's got a picture of a chicken on it and the other one is this little treasure chest so it when you see or once you've revealed the cards and there's duplicates the first person to put their hand on the treasure chest they get all the cards so that's cool um there is a couple of other things as well on the cards there is there could be a dragon now, the dragon may be a huge dragon, or a, you may just see his tail sticking out from a doorway or his eye poking up from a, tre- a treasure chest. Um, so it may be a big dragon that takes up the whole card, or it may be really, really small. If the dragon is on any one of the cards that's revealed, you all have to put your hand on top of the chicken token. Um, the last person to do so gets penalised. And what they have to do is they then have to, uh, whatever uh, treasure is on the dragon card, they have to give uh, cards from their hand or from their stash with those two symbols. They feed them to the dragon. They give them to the dragon. Um, There's there's also cards, special cards, that have a chicken on them. Um, so if you come last and instead of giving away your treasure, you can feed a chicken to the dragon and the dragon will be happy. Um, he's obviously a fan of KFC. So you give him some chicken and off he goes. Uh, there is other cards as well. So each card is beautifully illustrated. It has this doorway and it looks like it's inside a, a dungeon and there's a door. And on the door on either side are two little torches. And, you know, they've got a little flame. But sometimes you'll see a card that doesn't, the little torch is not lit. There's no flame. If you see that, you can put your hand on that card. It doesn't have to be your card. It just has to be a card that's been revealed. And you can put your hand on that. And basically what you're doing then is because it's dark, uh, thematically, it's dark. Nobody can see the treasure. So you're swiping the treasure. Mm -hmm. Um, And you get that card for yourself regardless of whether you win the game or not as uh, so you win that round or not all right cool that's it very very simple game yeah it sounds like it'd be pretty quick to get everyone kind of into yes yeah um i wasn't too sure what i thought of it uh once we played it the first time and i thought okay i'd like the concept um i wasn't too keen on the whole dragon thing because 
you know, sometimes the dragon is really, really small. And we were playing in a pub. Uh, we're playing not in... Uh, there's a couple of tables that are perfect. They're right under the lights. Uh, this table was a little further back. It was getting later on in the day. So you really struggled to see these cards. Mm-hmm. And that was more, you know, where we were rather than the, the fault of the cards. Um, and then we played it again. We played it with, uh, first we played it with three people, then we played it with four people. And it was it was quite fun. So we quite enjoyed that. That was very good. Um, and uh, we do have a review copy of that. So I believe Ben's going to be putting up a, a review of that at one point as well. Cool. Um, but yeah, so uh, I'd say... Dragons and Chickens from a company called Devere, and I imagine it's going to be coming out in the UK soon as well. So, you know, yeah, keep an yeah, eye out for that one. If you if you're looking for a nice little starter, or even a game for you know if you've got kids or uh, younger gamers with you, definitely one they will have a lot of fun with it as well. Yeah, just a nice little kind of light game. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did play another game that we've got uh, sitting for review, and this was a Kickstarter game. Kieran, I think you looked at this game at uh, me, same time as me, when it was on Kickstarter, and it's a game called Lobotomy. I, t- I tend to look at pretty much anything that's on Kickstarter, so it's definitely <laughs> possible. Um, so, yes, yeah, I remember this one. Yeah, so Lobotomy is uh, it's a miniature skirmish game, mm-hmm. so you know, think um, zombie side, you know, lots of maps and things and, and beautiful miniatures and loads of them all over the place. And the idea of this game is that it's set in a a mental hospital and you play a character and you're in this hospital, but you don't see the nurses and the doctors. You, you've started to go loopy and you've started to see the doctors and the nurses as... What well, depends on what your uh, your psychosis is. You might see them as killer clowns, or you might see them as vampires. You may even see them as, you know, axe wielding murderers. Mm-hmm. Um, and the worst person of all is the warden. Uh, and you see the warden as this demon. He's a hell bound demon who's intent on keeping you in this prison that you are. So, and what you're trying to do is you're trying to escape. So. All the miniatures and all the hospital and everything has been designed, and it's uh, from your psychosis point of view. You know, so the 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 walls of the hospital are, you know, the hospital itself on the game board looks like a normal hospital, but the walls have got blood on them, and you know, it's it's a filling. Um, yeah, it's from your psychosis point of view, mm-hmm. and so the game is where you. You pick a scenario, there's various scenarios. Um, Some of them maybe kill the vampires or escape the killer clowns, this kind of thing. Some of them are fetch fetch and carry quests as well. Go to one point of the board, pick up something and get back. Um, And all along while you're doing whatever the scenario and what the mission is, you've got the warden, this big demon. And he walks, what he does is he does uh, like rounds. He moves from... Uh, one one part of the board to the other. The board is divided up into segments and he moves around and he's basically like an advanced game timer. Um, if you happen to be in the same space that he is, he will stomp you. Fuck and, you up. Yes. Uh, 
and also if he gets to a certain point, depending on how many scenarios you're playing and how many players there are, uh, all of these things combined, once he gets to a certain point in the the board, that's it. The game the game ends. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so he's a game timer as well. That's quite cool. Yeah, it, it is all quite cool. Um, but there is so much stuff <laughs> to set up for this game. There's so many things. Um, and it just it gets a bit much. So the the board itself is absolutely beautiful. They've got these detailed environments and everything on them, and it seems like what they've done is they went, you know what? We need a hex. We need a board with movement squares on it, but we don't want to do hexes. Uh, we don't want to do squares. We'll do these kind of abstract shapes. You know, so sometimes you get like a square, and then sometimes it's like a big long triangle. Sometimes it's an oblong all these different you know because what they've done is they've just got lines going across the board at different angles yeah. so you end up with these different squares um and that's fine but you'll get to a point where enemies spawn and you're trying to fit six enemies on this tiny little space and it just is impossible um another thing the the within this game there is lots of filing cabinets and drawers and chests and all sorts of things that you can open uh there is also doors a uh, certain doors in the game uh doors between offices or you know uh, various parts of the buildings they are locked and you need to put a door token on them and the things that uh, the filing cabinets can be searched you need to put these little tokens on them and the manual tells you the areas where you can put these are clearly marked or highlighted. Mm-hmm. They're highlighted, but they're not clear. We we spent a good 10 minutes setting up the game with the torch for your phone <laughs> shining on the board, looking to see the difference between, mm, that's not a you know, a, yeah, it was very, very difficult to try and find out, you know, these little sections where they wanted to put these things. Um, that that wasn't good, but and yeah, once you get through that, that was fine. Um, combat in this game is, uh, well, I need to talk about your characters as well. So your characters have a stat, and um, they've got various stats. Obviously, they've got a health stat. They've got a an in. Uh, it's intelligence, but the game doesn't call it intelligence. They call it imagination. Okay. They, and maybe it's to do with, you know, because you're mental and it's all happening inside your head. So that's fine. Um, but so there's this intelligence or this uh, imagination stat. Um, and then there's your combat stat. So your combat stat tells you uh, the character I was playing had a combat stat of three. And what that meant was any of my combat dice rolls that I rolled, if they were higher than a three, it was a hit. So, you know, the character's quite strong in that case. Anything higher than a three would hit. And the way that it works is when you you get your com- you get your dice and it tells you how many dice you roll. You roll, you can be rolling up to seven or eight dice in a combat hit. And what you do is you roll all these dice, then you count the ones that are higher than your opponent's defense. So there's a defense figure you have to have. Um, those... No, I tell a lie. Sorry, you've you rolled uh, all your dice. Anything higher than a three is a hit. So you put them aside, 
and then your opponent has a defense you take if he's got a defense of three if you've got four hits you only do one point of damage okay make sense yeah yeah okay but if you use a weapon if you rolled anything that uh, rolled a one you then have to take another token, put it on your weapon because your weapon's degrading at the same time. So uh, you, okay. yeah, you do, there's so so much bookkeeping to fucking throw a punch. It doesn't. It also doesn't sound like it's. I mean, I've not I've not seen it except for like Kickstarter photos. But how well does it handle, like, for lack of a better word, like the UI of that bookkeeping? Because that's something like Scythe doesn't have that level of bookkeeping but it still has a lot of yeah. little bits of like oh you can upgrade these five individual things and also you can upgrade your mechs and also you can upgrade this and it works because it's really easy to just look at your player board at any given time and go yeah. I know what this is, I know how to change this uh, you've got this big um, this uh, player card and it's probably about the size of one of the the scythe ones, mm-hmm. and it's just got some stats on it. It tells you what your base stats are, um, and then anything else, so any of your weapons is a card, any of your special abilities is another card. I ended up with a player board, and I ended up with six different cards. I then also have three memory cards that I have face down that I can access at a later point. Um, I then have... Um, a, a token that sits on the side of the card and I move it up and down the side of the card to show how many times I've used an attack and also the attacks have recharges mm-hmm. so you have to count down the recharge the recharge turn, it takes four turns for it to recharge then I'm also doing the, the bookkeeping that the weapon that I use to do this attack with it's got, you know, I need to repair that or it's got you know, it's degrading as we go along so everything, every time you do something, there's like two or three different things that are being affected yes, by it, and yeah. some of them are being affected by it for a yeah. couple of turns afterwards. Yes, and it's all done on, you know, there's a little chip, a smooth little chip on a smooth card. Mm. Yeah, if you bump this table, you are knackered. <laughs> you are absolutely fucked. And then that comes back to what I was saying about you're rolling eight dice, Okay. But you're rolling eight dice on this beautiful board, this board that has little tokens for doors that need to be broken into, uh, cabinets that need to be searched, tons and tons of enemy miniatures on, uh, you know, the little blocks on the board, and you're placing them with precision and accuracy, yeah. and that doesn't bode well when you then try to roll eight dice. Where do you roll the dice? Because yeah. the minute they touch that board, stuff gets scattered everywhere. Yeah, fuck. So, the, I mean, the game looks absolutely stunning. It's beautiful. But the, they've they've just gone, they've done too much. You know, normally if you look at Zombicide, if you look at, um, look at Scythe. The board on Scythe is not that pretty. It, it's nice, but it's, it's functional. You know, you can see your square where you need to be... Um, They've got, you know, they've got rivers and scythe and things like that. You can clearly see what's being marked and what you can cross and what you can't cross. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, And it's functional. The boards here aren't functional. They're too pretty. Um, and 
so the, the point I'm trying to make, if you look at Scythe, the components, it, you know, the, the minis and all the other components are beautiful and they make up for the game. Zombicide is the same. They've got these absolutely amazing minis and the board is quite functional. It's yeah. not ugly by any stretch of the Im- imagination, but it's functional and it serves a purpose. You can look at it and clearly see your objective and what you need to do. Um, lobotomy hasn't done that. Um, and then the other thing is the the, the theme. Um, so they've got the idea, you know, you're all mental patients um, and, you know, you've all got psychoses and the, the enemies and stuff like that. But the problem is this. Um, there is a, a guy uh, and he's, uh, he's kind of like an action hero guy, but he also maybe thinks he's a little bit of a cyborg mm-hmm. um, and his name is uh, Arnold Action Man or something. Okay, it's clearly yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger, yeah. the Terminator. His memories are, I'll be back. And, you know, so it's clearly a rip-off of, of that. There's a, char- there's a character who is um, Mother Bates and she's in a wheelchair. It's the mother from Psycho. Mm-hmm. There's another another inmate who is, um, oh, what's her name? Ellen. Ellen D. Um, director of Alien. Scott. Ellen Scott. Oh, okay. No, 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 I tell, no, I tell a lie. Ellen D. Ridley. Okay. Yes. Uh, and that's the, the alien character. Um, they've taken all of these you know well-known horror monsters and horror heroes and they've just changed them slightly so not, so they don't get sued yeah and throwing them in as something yeah. kind of like a parody but not really yeah no it, it a lot of the stuff is straight on you know is on the nose um there's a vampire a girl that thinks she's a vampire called Bella Swad uh, is it Bella Swad or is that her real name is that her that name from the Twilight her, that may be her real name I, I see, but I it's her cl- real name you know what I mean yes yeah but yeah, that, it's that is clo- the actual name of the character from uh, Twilight it's, clo- it's close to that I forget I then forget what it is but it's it, it, Bella Swan and they're just like that one actually <laughs> we didn't fucking yeah, that one, because yeah that one we get away with yeah. um but yeah, it's a lot of the stuff is on the nose. Um, the they've got lesbian vampires, and they've got the so the vampires are lesbians. They've got the cheerleader vampires, and then the minis. The there's the uh, cheerleader vampires, and they look a bit like lollipop chainsaw. Mm-hmm. And then they've got these uh, sexy vampires, uh, vampire strippers, and they are models of Selma Hayek and from Dust Till Dawn. Uh, you can see exactly where they've taken all of these things from and yeah I get it and it's yeah it's all wink wink nudge nudge but it I think I would have appreciated it better if they had put a little bit of original thought into it yeah um, it just feels Helen if, Swan is the name of her character in that Helen yes that's it um it just feels a little bit off. So I take it you're looking at the Kickstarter right now. Yeah. So. There's a clown that is just 
uh, thingy from it. Yes, yeah, it's Pennywise, yeah. Yeah, Pennywise. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. I, you're looking at it right now. What do you think is... Uh, how do you feel about it? Are you you happy with that? Or... I don't know, it just feels weird. It's like, it, it feels like... Um, I think it's part of the reason I skipped on it to start with is... It feels like they're playing it relatively straight with the game. Like, nothing about the game feels like a parody or, like, comedic or anything like that. But then they have yes. all these characters that are... That. They're all parodies of things from... Or, you know, rip-offs of things from other things. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Odd choice. <clears throat> Um, and I don't know how it compares to Zombicide because I've never played Zombicide. I'm not a big; it's not my style of game. Mm-hmm. You know these these kind of skirmish games because um, it isn't. It's not area control. It's definitely not that. It is this. It I think skirmish is the best way to describe it. And I've not really played a lot of them, and I'm not no. I, I wasn't really enamoured with it. It just felt too much like work. That's a shame. Um, yeah, I, the, the the miniatures look absolutely stunning. It's made by a miniature. The the company that's what they do. They do miniatures. So this is the first time they wanted to do a game with miniatures, or do a, a game you know themselves. Yeah. And uh, the they do they look absolutely stunning, but. Yeah, I I would I would give it a skip, and I don't think I would I'd probably recommend it. If somebody brought it to a game day and they said, "Let's play it," yeah, I'd I'd probably play it, and but I'd probably only play it once as well. <laughs> if they were like, "All right, let's do that again," you'd be like, "I'll set this one up." <clears throat> yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, so that was uh, all the board games I played this week as well. Cool. I should have some board games to talk about next week, hopefully. I'm gonna be playing some stuff. But oh, cool! It'll just—it'll mostly be the same stuff as usual, but um, hopefully Scythe will actually get played as well. So yeah, cool. Although me to carry that box somewhere. <laughs> I know. I was thinking about taking it with me as well, and I thought it's so heavy. It was so heavy before I put the metal coins in it, and then afterwards, yeah. it's just like, oh man, I have to like, <laughs> I have to like strap it to my back or something. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, have we got any news? Uh, yeah, there's a few things. Um, should we just start with the big one, I guess? Yes. Uh, so, Nintendo announced the Super Nintendo Mini. Yeah. Which is going to be like the Nintendo Mini, only Super. Yes. Uh, it's going to be shaped like Super Nintendo. I quite like that they did different styles for each region. Yes. So the European one looks different from the Japanese one, which looks different from the American one. The American one being the most different because they had the weird, ugly Parma Violet fucking thing that was weird, but people swear by because the controller had concave buttons. But right, I'll take uh, I'll take the multicolored buttons over the Parma Violet ones any day. <laughs> um. So yeah, it's gonna have, it's got less games in it than the Nintendo the NES one did, but uh, it has yes, it's got uh, twenty games, yeah, twenty one games, uh, twenty one, yeah. So I think I forgot the list here. Yeah, I've got a list of all them here. So cool. It has Contra Three: The Alien Wars. Yes. Which I don't actually have a lot of. I don't think I ever played Contra Three. I I, re- I I think I played all the Contras and I really liked them as well. Good fun. Yeah, 
I really liked Contra and Super C, but I don't think I ever played Contra 3. Right. Um, so I'll happily play that. Uh, Donkey Kong Country, which is a really good game. I've never been into uh-huh. that series that much, but they're fun. Uh, Earthbound, which I've never played. That's kind of a gap in my you know, yeah, gaming well, knowledge I should play. It, Earthbound wasn't available. It never came out in uh, outside of Japan. Oh, really? I thought it was yeah. only Mother 3. I don't know. That it, I believe it didn't. It come out on Virtual Console, but uh, originally for SNES, I'm pretty sure it was. It didn't come outside um, Japan. I could be wrong. Oh no, it came out in America in 1985, but never came out here. Right. So this will be the yeah. first time it comes out in Europe. Um, yeah, I, I never played that. Like never even emulated or anything. So it'll be interesting. Um, yeah, the one after that, Mother Three, was the one that was never even translated. Like it was only yes. Japanese. Yeah. And people have been moaning about wanting it for decades. Um, Final Fantasy 3, which is Woo-hoo. actually Final Fantasy 6, which is uh, objectively the best Final Fantasy game ever made. Hey, Final Fantasy 3 is Final Fantasy... Oh, yes, that's right, because in America, Final Fa- it was the third Final Fantasy. because yeah, they yeah. skipped a bunch of them when they were bringing them over. Yeah. That's right, yeah. So, yeah, so Final Fantasy 3 is... Final Fantasy VI, which is the one with Terra, the one with Suplex and Trains. Yeah, with... and it's got the opera scene. And... The opera scene, yeah. Final Fantasy VI is genuinely my favourite Final Fantasy game, so I'm super excited about that. Um, F-Zero, which is... Yes. F-Zero's fucking great. Kirby Superstar, which is probably the best Kirby you could put on there. It's pretty great. Kirby's Dream Course... Which is like a weird Kirby kind of mini golf style thing. Um, mm-hmm. That game's actually. It's a weird one to be on here, but it's a really good game. Uh, Legend of Zelda, uh, Legend of Zelda Link to the Past. Yeah. Which is one of the best, possibly the best Zelda game of all time. Definitely the best 2D one. Uh, Mega Man X. Also, probably one of the best Mega Man games. Yep. Secret of Mana, which is another one I've never actually played, probably should have. Uh, yeah, I didn't play that as well. That was another Square Enix or uh, Square. Square, yeah, it was before the the merger. Yeah, mostly. Yes, before, all of these were before the merger. All, all of them, yeah. Yeah. Um, Star Fox. Yes. Which is a good game. Star Fox Two is probably yeah. one of the bigger things here. Definitely, that yes. Never came out. No, it never came out. Yeah. Anywhere that game was finished, and Nintendo shelved it because. The PlayStation 1 was out at that point, and they were like, we can't put this 3D on our Super Nintendo up against that. Yeah. People will not buy this, and it'll make us look bad. So they didn't. Which is, So this is first time... It's not the first time. Like The ROM leaked a while ago, but I guess no one's quite sure if that was a finished version or not. Yes. But there has been a playable version of Star Fox 2 for years now, but this yeah. is the first official release of it. Yeah, I'm neat. quite. I'm quite excited by that. Yeah, I'm quite interested. I've never been the uh, big Star Fox guy. Like, I don't have a lot of nostalgia for the series or anything. But I'll, I'll no, yeah, yeah. I'm curious about it. For you know, it's more more curiosity about what it was, and yeah. there's no, you know, I'm not a big fanboy of it. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, um, Street Fighter Two Turbo Hyper Fighting. Yep, uh, best, one of the best console versions of Street Fighter Two, I believe. Yeah. Definitely up there. Um, Japan, I believe, gets a different game. I'm pretty sure Japan got is getting a Super Street Fighter Two instead, which is weird. But you know, 
If you have yeah. a choice between Turbo or Super, then I'd probably go with Turbo actually. But yeah. uh, Super Castlevania Four, which is an all right Castlevania game. I wouldn't really rank it up in the you know the tops of the series or anything like that, but it's got some fun things in it. Uh, Super Ghouls and Ghosts. Yes. Played, but that's... that's the that's the one with the uh, the knight. Yeah, yeah, I've played Girls and Ghosts before. I don't know if I've played Super. Um, yeah, I've played Super, yeah. But yeah, that's, I, I'll play Girls and Ghosts. That game's impossible. Um, Super Mario Kart. Yeah, is... I've I've played that numerous times. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a good Mario Kart. Some would argue the best Mario Kart. It depends if it was your first Mario Kart, usually. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Super Mario RPG Legend of the Seven Stars which is a good one to put on there because right. that's a really good RPG it's a square game again it was kind of a, a prelude to what would eventually become the Paper Mario and the Mario and Luigi RPG series right. so it kind of laid out the groundwork for that stuff but then had a story written by Square so it's bonkers um yeah, that's that one's worth playing. Um, Super Mario World, which I think people have heard of that. That one's is relatively big. Yes, Mario. He's a guy. Yep. It's possibly the best Mario game ever made. Definitely my favorite. Uh, Super Metroid, again, one of the best games ever made. Uh, Super Punch Out, also really good. Yes, not as good as first yep. Punch Out, but it's fucking great. Yep. Uh, and then Yoshi's Island, which they didn't refer to its full name in this list, but you know, should be Super Mario World Two Yoshi's Island. <laughs> um, I think it's a really good list. Yeah, yeah, uh, definitely. I pre-ordered one. I did as well. So they are they're going for is it seventy round about the eighty pound mark? A lot of places have had them for sixty nine ninety nine. But yes, the Amazon pre-order that I got, and I think the one you got, yes, uh, was seventy nine nine nine. Games yeah. was at seventy nine nine nine. Start with Amazon put up a second pre-order after they ran out the first one. That one was at sixty nine. So I don't know, but I think they cancelled those. I think that might be a misprice. Um, right, I'm not sure. We'll see. But yeah, I'm looking forward to. It. There's a couple of games that I, it's kind of a shame they didn't get on that list though. Like I think not having Chrono Trigger on there is kind of a massive missed opportunity yes yeah that is the super nintendo game for me yeah Um, i i would have still liked it if we could you know if we could buy and download stuff yes if they just had the virtual console stuff built into this but even switch doesn't have virtual console yet yeah a lot from nintendo yeah this is true if it's like the first one you'd probably just be able to hack it yeah which is good um i'd also say like there's, there's a, it would have been harder to get, but it would be really good if SimCity was on this. Oh wow! Like the Super oh. Nintendo version of SimCity is crap. What? It's great. We talking about Bowser can come out of the ocean and smash everything. <laughs> oh, so good. I really like that version of SimCity. I had, I had that, and I also had the PlayStation version, and they were. <laughs> 
I don't know how I managed to play them. Uh, I traded my copy of SimCity for a copy of Legends Elder Link to the Past, and I never looked back. <laughs> but I, I like that game. Um, it wasn't the best version of SimCity by any means, but it was a, a good console port. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's cool. Um, the Japanese one has a way nicer box. Jesus Christ. Yes, it does, yeah. Um, and then it has instead of it doesn't have Earthbound, Kirby's Dream Core, Street Fighter 2 Turbo, Super Casimir 4 or Super Punch-Out and instead it has Fire Emblem Mystery of the Emblem which yeah, I wouldn't mind that a Fire Emblem game <laughs> was that one ever translated? I don't know I don't know I don't really know anything about the Fire Emblem games prior to the Game Boy Advance Even right yeah uh, the Legend of Mystical Ninja, which is the one that I'm really fucking bummed about. Uh, the Goemon games are really good. <laughs> like, really awesome games. It's a real shame that we don't get that. Uh, Panel de Pawn, which is uh, that's like a puzzle game, isn't it? Uh, yes, I oh, think so. Yeah, Panel de Pawn's, um, like, did you ever play like, Pokemon Puzzle League for Nintendo 64? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like that. Oh right, okay. That's, that's what panel upon is. Um, Super Soccer and Super Street Fighter Two, the new challengers. Ah, I think our list's probably. Hmm. I think I think I prefer yeah. ours. Yeah. Yeah, I would have but... liked to go on. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's a good list in general. Um, and it comes with two controllers, uh, whereas the the NES one only came with one controller. That's yeah. So you can play Mario Kart two player and Street Fighter, Street Fighter and yeah F Zero. Um, yeah, it kind of makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Like I think if you're going for that nostalgia grab, I think a lot of people have fond memories of playing things like you know Street Fighter and Mario Kart F Zero. Yeah, yeah. I don't. My fond memories of Super Nintendo were being really young and bad at games, and so sitting watching my mum play through Super Mario World. Which, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's a. I, it would have been good. I understand why they didn't because they loaded all of these onto the first NES. Uh-huh. Um, but it would have been cool if they had uh, Mario, uh, Mario All Stars, on it. Which was yeah. the they did the the remakes of Mario One through Three plus Lost Levels, and put it on the Super Nintendo. That was a really good uh-huh. version of this. Um, but yeah, that's that's really cool. Comes out in September, I believe. Uh, September, yeah. Yeah, so that's a bunch of your money gone in September. Yes. Uh, uh, I think that probably leads into. I don't know if you've got this as a, a story as well, but um, uh, it's already sold out. Yeah, it has. Different. I think there'll be more. Nintendo claimed that they're gonna. There's gonna be more of them. That it's not really right. that hard to get, so I assume there's going to be more, uh, more of these like pre-order waves going out before right. release. So um, yeah, yeah. Hopefully. yeah. Um, but the uh, the scalpers have already struck. Yeah, that's always the case. 
Yeah. Because um, you can already uh, pick up one of these pre-orders on eBay for £170. Bastards. Um, yeah, I, I, I still don't get it. You know, there's people that just see joy in, you know, seeing opportunities like this and, and flipping stuff and, you know, screwing over real fans and uh, and kids essentially as well to be fair also at the core it's still nintendo's fault yeah yeah the easy way to deal with scalpers is make enough of the system yes yeah do you you know how much do how many people buy uh nintendo class mini classic for 150 pounds on ebay when you can get it sixty or seventy pounds, eighty pounds on a store shelf. Yes. You know, yeah, like it's that's the easy way to deal with it. Yeah, yeah. And coming out ahead of time and being like, Okay guys, you guys were really pissed off when we discontinued the Nintendo Classic Mini last year, you know, at the start of the year after it'd only been out for a few months. So we're gonna come up out of front and say, We're gonna cancel we're gonna discontinue this at the end of the year. And it's like, Well, that's not the issue wasn't that you didn't tell us; it was that you did it. That's not. <laughs> yeah, it's like someone commenting over that. I'm really sorry that I punched you in the face yesterday, but just so you know, I'm going to punch you in the face tomorrow as well. Like, yeah. That doesn't make it okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, giving me giving me notice that you're yeah. going to do the the horrible thing doesn't exactly. help. I wasn't annoyed because you told you didn't tell me you were going to do it. Yeah. Oh, man. Um. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've got my other news stories. Uh, Tumbleseed is reducing its difficulty in the next uh, uh, patch for it. Which All is right. Cool, because Tumbleseed's fucking hard. Uh, it's not really the thing that stopped me from playing it so much. Like I just didn't really like the way it controls too much. Uh, Tumbleseed's the one where uh, I don't know if I actually talked about it in the podcast. It's the whole game is. Uh, it's hard to describe even there's like a, a flat plane and you play as a little seed and you control the seed by using the analog sticks to raise up either side of the plane and as you raise it either side you know the seed will roll along the plane mm-hmm. so you can lift up part one side of it to roll to the left and raise up the left one to roll to the right and you're using that to avoid obstacles and defeat enemies and stuff like that um it's a neat idea i just uh, and i think it controls well i just don't really like it very much it's one of those games where I'm like sitting playing it like this is really well made this is a really good game I really don't like it there's someone out there that's going to fucking love Tumbleseed but it's not me um, yeah but reducing the difficulty should probably help a little bit at least um, GTA 5 still the top of all the sales charts because it's crazy because the UK is weird yes Ah, strange. Um, I don't really have any other news stories open except for one that's only annoying to me, but will probably be happy for other people. Uh huh. Uh, so Splatoon Two is coming out twenty first July, and Nintendo are going all out with Splatoon because they love Splatoon and they love money. Um, which is they want to, or they're releasing a lot of like accessories and stuff like that for it. So there's a uh, Switch case you can get and the main thing 
damage resistance is you can get a pink and green Joy-Con. So you can get pink and green Joy-Con set. So right. left one's green, right one's pink, and you get this kind of bright neon garish looking switch, which as someone who has the blue and red one just now, I'm way into. So that was supposed to be coming out in August. Uh-huh. And they've brought forward the release date to the 28th of July, which is really good. Unless you're like me and have budgeted for the next couple of months. And they're like, <laughs> oh, fuck, I need to spend 70 quid more in this month than I thought I did. Uh, uh. But yeah, cool new Joy-Cons. Uh, they're 28th of July is when they come out now, instead of August. So right. It's still weird that they're not just releasing it on the same day as the game. but Yeah, it is rather strange. Cause I think the rest of the accessories come out the same day. Like The case definitely does. Right. Uh, they're doing a pro controller as well. And that, I think, comes out at the same time. Yeah, I don't mm. know. What a strange, strange company Nintendo is. Yes. Uh, Split into it soon, though. So that's good. Cool. Yeah. Um, I don't have anything else open now. Is there news that you. Uh, no, not. Not really. I'm trying to think. There's nothing really on the the board game. Oh, on the board game side, uh, there is uh, there's a famous game called Catan, Settlers of Catan. Uh, Fantasy Flight Games have announced that they're going to be bringing out a Game of Thrones version of Catan. Hmm. Uh, Interesting. Yeah, uh, people are getting a little bit excited about it. Um, yeah. I'm not 100% sure on a lot of the details of it, but uh, yeah, it's uh, interesting. Has there been cool. Has there been a lot of uh, uh different versions of Catan? Yeah. Not not really. There have been, you know, within the the framework of the game there's been lots of expansions. Yeah, like there's I know been... there's been tons of different themes and expansions stuff like that, but has there been a lot of licensed ones? No, not that many. There was um, Star Trek Catan. Hmm. Uh, yeah, because wow, you had. There was a Mega Man one. Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right. There was a Rockman.exe Catan. All right. Probably didn't come out outside of Japan. That's pretty cool. Yes, yeah. Um, come on yeah, there was the, the Star Trek one. Um, Star Wars did Carcassonne, or Carcassonne did Star Wars, but. Uh, yeah, there's been not that many. Hmm. Um, yeah. There's. Do, do, do. Yeah, looking here. A lot of. Cool. Yeah. There was uh, one called the, the Settlers of Canaan, which is a licensed version of Catan with additions to fit the Old Testaments. Oh, okay. Uh, the Settlers of Zarahemla. Um which was added had additions added it to fit the themes of the Book of Mormon oh lovely <laughs> which I believe is the actual Book of Mormon not the comedy musical not... that won a bunch of awards yes <laughs> although I would much rather play a version of Catan based on that <laughs> me too yeah yeah, uh, yeah that's cool. interesting then um, yeah. given they don't do a lot of these kind of I wonder if it's yeah. something we can expect now because you know no I don't I don't think so. There's a lot of licensed games that come out tend to, well, uh, Fantasy Flight tend to buy the rights and they would rather have somebody do 
you know, a game specifically for that. You have occasionally where they've taken, uh, particularly Game of Thrones, it seems to happen quite a lot with, uh, they did a Game of Thrones themed version of a game called Cosmic Encounter. Yeah. Yep. Um, and what else did they, well, they, the, the Game of Thrones card game is now, uh, they call it second edition, but that's the third time that got, that card game's come out. Yeah. Yeah, because they, they did the HBO version of it as well. Hmm. Um, yeah, they, they seem to, Game of Thrones seems to be their, their their baby that they'll take and they'll, you know, make um, <laughs> different like, versions of the games. Yeah, yeah, if it helps sell it. I personally yeah. don't have any, like, fondness for Game of Thrones. Like, it's fine, but Never yeah, really I... it, but it doesn't. I, I see a board game. It's like, oh yeah, we took this thing, but it's the Game of Thrones version. I'm like, eh. like Hand of the yeah. King's a pretty fun game, but I, I don't care that it's a Game of Thrones game. Like I'd actually rather it had a different theme. Yeah, I I like the Game of Thrones universe, but because a game is you know it's Game of Thrones themed, I'm not gonna necessarily run over and and pick it up. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Uh, shall we do some new releases? Yeah, let's do that. Cool. So, uh, looking at stuff that's coming out for uh, the Friday coming that you'd be listening to this, so um, July the 14th, uh, we have um, Final Fantasy twelve, The Zodiac Age, coming to PS4. I didn't realise that came out this soon. Yeah. Yeah I, I, yeah, I was the same. I thought it was coming out later. Yeah. But yeah, July the 11th. Time travels uh, fast. Yep. Uh, game called Oriental Express. Sorry, Oriental Express. That's just me um, <laughs> making shit up. It's Oriental <laughs> Empires coming out for PC. Oh, uh, yeah, on, that one looks uh, really good. That's. Um, yeah. uh, who makes that? It's a. Uh, Iceberg Interactive making that. Um, yes, that's it's, right. Yeah. Uh, it's a 4X game. Set in yeah, China. and it looks like it's got a lot of inspiration from Total War games, which right, I really like Total War games, so I'm into that. It's in early access just now, so that'll be the full release for it. Yeah, cool. Um, that is it for those games. Um, but uh, coming out, a uh, what's well, actually out tomorrow uh, on general release. Uh, so this will already be up by the time you listen to the podcast. Is a uh, Sony's new kind of game trying to rival the Jackbox games called That's You. Yes. Well, it's the first of their yes series of games, but this is the one where you take selfies and draw on them and stuff. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I. I'm. I will download it, but I'm not a hundred percent. I'm not sure. I, I really like Jackbox. Yeah. And it sounds like a good idea. Actually, it sounds like a decent Jackbox game. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've so. come around on it. I wasn't super interested in the E3, but I've kind of watched a bit more footage of it. And it was like, actually, right. this looks pretty fun. Or it looks yeah. like it could be pretty fun with the right group of people, at least. Yes, yeah. So um, definitely, I think, bring it out in our next game day that we have. Yeah. I, uh, you, it's out for PlayStation Plus members already. Uh, it is, yes, yeah. Um, yeah. I also... I didn't actually check, but I, someone told me that that has online multiplayer, which seems poorly thought out. Yeah. Um, any game which involves a camera 
and online multiplayer seems like it will go one way and one way only yes yeah it's definitely gonna be or this time you can actually draw on the dicks you don't need to draw the dick <laughs> uh i wonder if that's true I, I, yeah I, I mean it'd be neat if it is i'd, I'd be it'd be fun to play that at least but yeah it's <laughs> I doubt it will rival Jackbox, but more Jackbox esque things is always good by me. Like I'm, yes, I like those games. So more is always better. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, I I agree with you well as well. So yeah, I I'll give it a download and have a look and see. Yeah, I will as well. So I am just actually on the page there the now and I'm looking to see if there's any details on whether it is multiplayer, online multiplayer. Uh, but it doesn't seem to... No, I don't... I need to have a look a little bit yeah, more. Yeah, uh, no. we'll find out. I mean, we could both yeah. download it and just try. <laughs> exactly. probably the easier solution. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, I think that's it. Is there anything that we forgot to mention or... Um, is there? No. I played Gears of War four. You played Gears of War four. That's, that's I all think... I have to say about Gears. I didn't play a lot of Gears of War four. <laughs> <laughs> I played Gears of War four enough to check if my new PC ran it well, and you know what? It runs it really fucking well. Yes. Yeah. We should play Horde mode at some point. We should. Yeah. I I might need to actually play some of that game. Even though I bought a Xbox One and <laughs> Xbox One X oh, and yeah. specifically got that in the in the bundle, and I think I've played twenty five minutes of it. Uh, we could play co op. All the co op goes cross platform. Oh, it does. Yeah, I really love. Um, it's annoying because I really like um, Microsoft's whole hey you can just buy it once and play it anywhere thing for games because it means Xbox One games are pretty much all coming to PC now Yeah, yeah. but the downside of it being they're coming to PC via the Windows Store which is really <laughs> bad like so bad yeah after um, all this time they have never ever fixed it yeah like I had trouble downloading Gears of War 4 for no good reason because my PC is really good my internet is great and always has been like it just wouldn't start the download and so like it was sitting there trying to download gears of war 4 not even starting just like going to install any minute now and i was like maybe my internet's broken or something i went on steam and was like all right download marvel heroes and then marvel heroes finished like instantly and it's like okay well it's not there now. <laughs> it's just windows store being garbage also that game is like 102 gigabytes or something like that it's insane yes. It is insanely large, yeah. Yeah, I couldn't install both it and Quantum Break on my SSD and feel good about it because my SSD is only 500 gigs. <laughs> so like I'm not installing these two 100 gig games onto this SSD. <laughs> um, there's also a free version of Forza 6. Oh, Forza? okay. Forza 6. Yeah. Uh, called Forza 6 Apex on PC. That's oh, worth okay. checking out for people. It's uh, it's like a stripped down version of Forza like it just kind of funnels you through some races and stuff uh, but it seems like there's a good amount of content there and it's free and it's real pretty so uh -huh. throw that out there as well cool 
Excellent. Well, I think uh, the only thing left to do is thank everyone for uh, tuning in, listening to us. If you want, you can send us an email to podcast at glitchfreegaming.com. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, just search for Glitch Free Gaming. You can look for us on Twitter. Our Twitter thingy is at Glitch Free Game. And you can find us on the internet at www.glitchfreegaming.com. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, have a look. There'll be an endless space to review up there at some point. Probably not by the time this podcast goes on. <laughs> endless space, is that the is that referring to the amount of time that we have to wait? It's really no. hard. I've never reviewed a 4X game before. It's right. hard. Like, there's a lot of game. <laughs> and yes. It's like one of those things where I don't feel like I've not even finished like a full game yet. But I feel like if I finish a full game of it, that's not actually going to tell me enough to be able to fully review the game. I'll need to like start another one and <laughs> go down a different tree and be like, oh man, this is going to take forever. But it's a fun game. So. Cool. Excellent. Cool. So that's us. Anything to add? Any last thoughts? No. No, no, that's me. I'm not going to bring up any more random things. Bye. Bye. You're not listening to me.